see the movie that is being hailed as chock full of aerial shots of Fenway Park. And Boston accent would not be complete without people talking about loyalty and Southie and all that other Boston stuff. I mean, in, you know, Southie loyalty is more important than a gun, you know. Don't take my word for it, you know, just watch The Departed of the town. You know, Black Mass, Mystic River, Gone Baby Gone, Boondock Saints. You know, Goodwill Hunting actually has a lot of those themes too. You know, there's not the same amount of violence, but I think it still holds up, you know. The Boston Globe asks, why do they keep doing this? And the Los Angeles Times says, nearly every scene has people talking about knowing one another's relatives and inquiring about their current whereabouts. Featuring 75 new songs from the Dropkick Murphys that all sound like this and shots of real Bostonians who stand in the background to give the movie authenticity. Oh, and I almost forgot, it also has people getting shot in the head. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it, bro? Hey, pal. Boston accent. Probably a Ben Affleck film. are out of school in feral middle-aged momish studios in Austin, Texas. It's Hillary H. Baum, Livingston Butler, and this show has everything, including finally a road trip to the city of champions, Beantown, the hub, the Athens of America, the city on a hill. That's right, folks. We're shipping up to Boston. Uh, joining me, obviously, from closest to a Dunkin' Donuts to farthest and the Brighton neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts, it's former New England resident, Bobby Shuffling Papes Pape. Hi, Bobby. Good morning, Hillary. I got my Duncan right here. Of course. I mean, I, I, I would expect nothing less. Cut your nails! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. It's so good. Um, and from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne. How do you like them apples, Lundholm? Hi, Anne. Wicked pizza, Hillary. <laughs> We're so good at it. Let's just like all try our best. I can't, <laughs> can't do it. I always just sound like I'm from Brooklyn, like a like a child actor that's trying to do a Boston accent that comes out like a Brooklyn accent. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Hillary De Niro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, taxi driver right over here. And finally, from the Dear Blind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas, it's our veteran podcaster slash bank robber, Mike the Jail Dude Frizzell. Hi, Mike. Uh, I think you mean the Athens of Hayes County? <laughs> yes. Manchac. Manchac. You know, it kind of is. It's like the best part of Hayes County, I think. Uh, yeah, that's that's like being the best quarterback in, in North Korea. I mean, like, what's the... What's the what's well, the standard? Well, that's Kim Jong Un. Mike's the best quarterback. Oh, right, right, you right, know that. right, right, right. Whoever whoever can get a press release out is the best quarterback. <laughs> 
Okay, in this uh, Boston Part 2 Electric Boogaloo, as usual, we'll do some small talk, some medium road trip talk, Tishi recommends, housekeeping, and how you can get involved. Um, and with that, Mike, why don't you take us into small talk? Well, um, let's explain that. Did we talk about this last week that, that we had an uh, uh, entire show erased? I do believe we sobbed over it <laughs> okay. yeah. at the okay, beginning yeah. of the show. <laughs> I, I can barely see last week's show. Uh, but I guess I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll cover more of that. We have uh, done an extensive rehearsal yes. for this yes. show. We really a, a did. Full dress, as they say. <laughs> My laptop took an emergency tour of the bunker and just didn't come back the same. But. <laughs> uh, and you you've done a lot more performances than I have, and obviously, Bobby, you you've overseen a lot of these things did you ever just like have a practice that was so good you're like damn it yes why, why can't we stick the audience in front of that and just go home <laughs> that's always a bad sign though because famously in any performing type situation if you have a terrible terrible dress that usually means that the performance is going to be great yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm well, if the opposite is true, we're in trouble because I like to when we lose a show, and I think we lost one show when I was doing takedown. Um, you you romanticize it. You say, "Oh, that show! Oh my mm-hmm. God! I mean, we I was on fire. Everyone was amazing. It, it was a I B, mean, Bobby was weak, B plus a little show. weak, but <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, small talk this week. Um, I had a situation that. Uh, it didn't strike me until I was driving away that I might have um, stolen some valor, and and that is uh, uh, ever since. Uh, Oops! I don't know. What's it, this valor in my pocket? I, exactly. I found some valor in my jeans after they came out of the wash. Um, Emily's had this tire that's just had a slow leak uh, for like weeks on end, and I I keep putting air in it, you know, and it will it would dip to a certain level and not below and not like to like an alarming level, but I would have to keep putting air in it, you know, every week or so. And finally I got it to the discount tire, uh, last week. And there's a, there's a policy there. Now, a lot of these, a lot of new cars don't come with spare tires and she has a 2020 car and there's, there's no, there's not a, a, a spare in there. I think there's like a, you know, one of those emergency spares, but not a real spare. And when you take it to the tire place now, if there's not a real spare, if they can't replace the tire, if they don't have what you, I mean, they obviously they had a tire they could replace it with, but I was like, it's a new car. I want the same tire. So they had to order it. So I had to drive the car away last week from discount tire. Um, while they ordered the tire in and, and they actually advised me, keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep putting air in it and then bring it back when we get the tire. So this is, this is an amazing story, by the way. It's right up there with hot dogs <laughs> and, <laughs> and trash. Um, <laughs> it's going to pay off. I promise. <laughs> so this week they call me and say, Oh, we got the tire. You know, you can bring in your tire you bring in your car. So I bring the car in and they, uh, they, they, they take the tire off and they figure out they don't need to replace the tire. The tire just needs, there's a, there's a nail in it. And I think ever since I moved to Texas, there's been a nail 
in a nail or a screw in every tire <laughs> that I've yep. purchased yep. or been a party to. Uh, it's amazing. Like in Seattle, I lived in Seattle for, I don't know, 40 years and had like like three problems with a tire. You know, changed like two tires. Uh, and Les Schwab, I mean, I don't even know how they stay in business in <laughs> Seattle. They need to come down to Texas. Anyway. Can you imagine how much meat that would be? Uh, too too much free beef. They couldn't do it. Well, I guess in Texas, there's, there's plenty, plenty of beef. That. Yeah. So, no problem. Uh, but the thing is, like, even that, because we didn't buy these tires there, should have been I should have been charged for the service. Um, but they honored you it, for your service. <laughs> well, and and I had agreed when I'd come in the previous time. I'd, I I was like, well, you know, he was like, well, I know you didn't get the tires here, but you can get on the same plan as if you did. You just pay fifty bucks, and then, you know, anytime any of these tires on this car anything goes wrong, you bring it in, and and you know, if they don't need to be replaced, we'll just fix it for free. So I was like, of course, you know, charge me for that. Um, when I come, when I come back, just charge me. And so there was a certain amount it was going to be for, if it was just the fix a flat or whatever that they ended up doing. And there was a certain amount it was going to be for the, you know, brand new, awesome tire that, that would fit with the others. And I was supposed to get charged at least for the former. And when the guy, you know, he, he said, Oh, you know, come on, come on out, you know, get your car. And I said, okay. And so I came out and I got the car and, and before I jumped in the car, I was like, do I need to go back in and pay? And he's like, no, <laughs> you're good. And then I got in the car and there was a, the receipt was sitting on the passenger seat with, you know, all these charges and they were all zeroed out. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, but I didn't look at that thing until I was like, I had driven away and I was at like at an intersection. I was looking, I was like, did I just get stolen value? <laughs> You know, maybe, kind of. maybe, I mean, stolen valor is great. That's, you know, salute me for your service, but stolen value is amazing. <laughs> it felt great. I didn't have to like, you know, no one asked me. I mean, I did not give any indication. You weren't wearing your like Marines, like Vietnam vet hat or something. <laughs> yeah. You didn't misrepresent yourself in any way. No, it's just nobody no. asked. Other than being, you know, you know, rakishly handsome and lean and with the short haircut, I just don't see how anyone thinks that I, you know, and of course the missing legs, you know, that's a thing. Oh, you think that's it? It might be a thing. Yeah. Uh, Well, congratulations. So, yeah, there's my onion belt story (laughs) of the week. Thank you for your value, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stolen value is better than stolen value. I I give it high, high marks. Oh, my gosh. Save me like $115, yeah, I think. Yeah. Of... Well, that's great. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your, thank you for your, thank you for your uh, discount tire service. Guys. Yeah. Thank you for my service. Yeah. Thank you for my service. Well. <laughs> All right. Um, Super Troopers is a subject that uh, has been nagging us for a few weeks i guess because um uh bobby well i assumed because um ann's brother partakes in certain things legally that uh 
that he had seen Super Troopers. So um, that has played out um, poorly for me <laughs> and especially for Bobby. Uh, and do you want to do this or do you want me to give the background? Oh, no. I'm going to do this. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, God. And just remember... <sighs> When I started My heart talking is racing about this, right now. <laughs> when I started talking about this on the Jamboree call, you said, "No, Anne, save it for the show." I did. I did so. Oh, oh, yeah. When you this say is that, your fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why do Why do women keep saying that to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a mystery. You're on a bad street. Uh, I was worried since we already had this discussion once that I would not be able to put myself back into the right emotional state to, to Ooh, readdress dear. it. Um, and then I listened to the offending segment of the show two weeks ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm right back in there again. So, um, uh, And if, it's, if, it, if it counts for anything, I never doubted your ability to hold a grudge. <laughs> you have known me for a while. <laughs> uh, if it please the court... I would like to start this trial by introducing Exhibit A, uh, which is a clip of the conversation in discussion mm. oh, that is no. from the show two weeks ago, where yes, uh, yes. the defendants, uh, Michael Frizzell, Robert Pape, and Meredith uh. Van Harn, were discussing the uh, film Super Troopers in their... Uh, film? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that generous uh, assessment. Uh, excuse me, the judge will <laughs> let you know when it's time to speak. Sorry. And by the way, I am both the prosecutor and the judge <laughs> uh, in this situation. No crosstalk. As long nope. as there's no executioner. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to sentencing yet. All right. uh, we're talking about this cinematic masterpiece known as Super Troopers and a discussion that we had had about whether that cinema masterpiece would be included in the uh, New England road trip show. Mm. And so I would like to listen back to the relevant portion of the show. Uh, then we have a friend of the family here, Matt, listener Matt, he's a listener, he confirmed that to me in this email. Uh, Matt is Anne's brother, and this needs a little bit of context. We were talking on Tuesday night about our forthcoming road trip, and we were talking about uh, movies for reasons that will become apparent momentarily. And um, we were trying to figure out a movie that featured Vermont and after a few minutes, we started talking about Super Troopers, and of course, also Super Troopers 2. How could you forget? And uh, Anne uh, insisted that not only had she never seen Super Troopers, and would never see Super Troopers. <laughs> uh, but the I saw, I saw, I watched, how much musical did I... <laughs> Come on now. Hey, there we go. Pop culture challenge, super trooper. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, no, I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh, at some point, she said that even Matt, even her brother Matt, would not watch something as terrible uh, as Super Troopers. 
And she she insisted, and she said she would bet us $1,000 that Matt has not seen Super Troopers. And then the conversation moved on, and thank God nobody took that bet, because that's a lot of money for any of us. Uh, but I couldn't let it go, so I emailed Matt. <laughs> and I said, hey, look, Ann bet us this. Could you just tell me? Because I just want to be right. <laughs> you know, I just I want to prove Ann wrong. Uh, we, we never get a chance to prove Ann wrong, so it would be nice to you just for once. And Matt wrote back a long email, and I've excerpted it here. He writes, hope you didn't put too much money on it, because I'm about to say those three little words you love to hear, and was right. Oh. Yep, of course she was. Oh. <laughs> however. Not for long. However, parenthetically, my, Meredith and I, have been trying to come up with a good stoner movie, so thanks for the perfect idea. Smiley emoji. And didn't she Matt. say he would never watch it? So that I mean, we're kind of yeah. half right. Uh, now, if it pleases the court, I would like to recount what actually happened rather than the half-baked, and I do mean half-baked, oh. recollections of the defendants. Here is what actually happened. When we started our jamboree planning editorial phone call, about what movies we would cover in the Greater New England Road Trip show. Bobby said, you know, I'm thinking about talking about Super Troopers. And I very snarkily said, you go ahead and think about that, Bobby. (laughs) And we all laughed and moved on. And then later in the discussion, Bobby said, I am really, you know, thinking about bringing Super Troopers to this discussion. And I said, seriously, Super Troopers? Who has seen Super Troopers, for God's sake? And then Mike said, I'll tell you who's seen Super Troopers, Anne. Your brother has seen Super Troopers. And I said, what are you talking about? I have two brothers. Which one are you talking about? And he said, I'm talking about Matt. Matt's seen Super Troopers. And I'm like, no, he hasn't. He has not seen Super Troopers. And you said, yes. I guarantee you, Anne, that uh, Matt has seen Super Troopers. This is kind of like was... when Nina Totenberg reads out the Supreme Court transcripts. <laughs> I was highly offended that you think that because you know that my brother occasionally imbibes in a small amount of a legal in California substance... That makes him a full-on Super Trooper-watching stoner. Uh, I changed that person's diapers many times. That You think that you would have this one piece of information and know him better than me is offensive, sir. I'll change his diapers if it'll change your mind. It will not, and you'll have to discuss that with him. It's entirely his decision. It's a disturbing image. At which point I He's said... He's very tall. It's weird. It's long lit. It's just... Let's, let's move away from okay. your okay. personal okay. fantasies and get back to the matter at hand. Okay. At which point I said, I will bet you $1,000 that Matt has not seen Super Troopers. <laughs> and there was all like... Uh, uh, and we moved on. Little did I know... That my betrayal at the hands of Robert Pape was imminent mm. and that he would go behind my back to try and prove me wrong by talking to Matt and asking him specifically if he had seen it. Uh, Bobby, how'd that turn out for you? Well, 
Uh, I, I think if it had turned out well, you wouldn't be talking about it. So Right. <laughs> See? Oh, I know. The fact that this worked out for me makes me very happy. It's like Michael Jordan producing his own documentary. <laughs> How much of this story are we really going to trust? Why? Did anybody think to bet against me in this situation? I don't know. I I do have you no shame. And then (laughs) Meredith, to add insult to injury, tried to snatch a victory out of defeat by saying, oh, well, she did say, didn't she, that he would never watch it? No. I'd said nothing of the sort. <laughs> I said at that point in time that he had not watched the movie Super Troopers, period. Well, Meredith's not here to defend herself, so let's continue to attack Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. That's the way I look at it. Have I told you that you can pre- present a defense? I have not, because I am not finished presenting my case yet. So, let's review. I did not, quote, insist that, quote, even Matt, unquote, had not seen Super Troopers and never would. I said that he had not at that point, and I was proven correct. Now, let's move on to my second point. During this discussion, Mike said, quote, how much musical did I watch at the suggestion that I might be forced to watch Super Troopers as part of a pop culture challenge? Let me remind you, I watched the fucking Super Bowl as a part of that particular challenge. So don't be sitting there acting like I forced you to do something. There was payment for me in that too. I watched the whole fucking hours of something that I philosophically fundamentally disagree with took notes and had an intelligent discussion. So I think that I paid my dues in that. And furthermore, you admitted that you liked Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, yes. And that you would have watched more of it. I think I said I had ah, a Crazy ah, Ex-Girlfriend. I am not finished, (laughs) sir. And you would have continued to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, except that you somehow wanted to stick it to me. That, that doesn't sound like me. Third, <laughs> I am not a movie snob. I will watch Super Troopers anytime you want. I won't be high while I'm doing it, but this suggestion that I am somehow this precious snob that only watches Merchant Ivory type things. (laughs) Let me uh, remind the audience of who it is on this call who has seen all episodes and the movie of Downton Abbey. It is not me, people. Hmm. Now, as to the charges, Michael Frizzell. Charges? I'm charging you of the hubris of thinking that you know my brother better than I do and offensively pushing your case to me. I find you guilty of this offense. <laughs> Robert Pape. Yes. The charge yes, against Where was my... You, you promised that, ah, me a defense. Ah, ah, Robert Pape. I've been found guilty. I, I know. Okay. This is martial <laughs> law. You can appeal for hang, all the good it'll Pape. do you. I, I'm, I'm way, down, way down on the uh, charges tree from Pape on this one. I will have your audio turned off. If you don't, I'm good at doing that myself. You know, just give it time. <laughs> Robert Pape, 
I charge you with the crime of going behind my back. Betrayal in hopes of proving me wrong, which was a failure anyway, but it's not that you accomplished it, it's that you tried. <laughs> Meredith Van Harn, I am a char- charging you as an accessory after the fact by trying to claim victory against me where there was none in order to make yourselves feel better about falling on your faces. Now, would you like to say anything? Would you like to make a statement before you begin your sentence? We're already at the sentencing? Yes, we are. Jesus. I mean, Bobby and I and and our attorneys had already met before the show and decided that we were going to like pin it all on Meredith. Um, But since... It's it's an audio forum and everything, you know. I mean, yeah. we really can't. You know, it's like it's like having a videotape of you know someone getting choked out. It's just like, um, well, what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, it is what it is. And I I want to apologize for being that guy who generalizes about, um, you know, if, if someone just the stoner in the family. Of course, the of course that guy's because he does a little weed he's a stoner and he must have watched super troopers and super troopers 2 at the alamo um, <laughs> in on slaughter lane but so you know i apologize for that i, I am guilty all right you've apologized <laughs> to my brother <laughs> mm, no i i think he's gonna enjoy himself when he watches the movie he I'm watched not, it i'm not gonna change his diaper <laughs> i've uh, while we were talking, I decided against that. That's can't be part of my sentence. I I am I am sorry that Matt couldn't play along when I emailed him. This could have been a real oh. opportunity. Oh, Bobby, don't do this. I I'm kidding. Do what? I'm kidding. You are sitting here saying you're just sorry you got caught. <laughs> yes, Bobby. I'm telling you, you have to be. And I've been I, to a real sentencing, Bobby. I, you, you know, I'm you just, really I'm, have to. I've been a loss for words because, uh, honestly, uh, take two of this, much more intimidating than the first take was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's picked up steam. Yeah. She watched, yeah. like, Witness for the Prosecution and modeled herself <laughs> after Charles Lawton. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Mendacity. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I tried to go behind your back, Anne. Sure you are. <laughs> no, no, you're not sorry you tried to go behind her back. You're sorry you went behind her back. Don't say uh, you tried. You, yes. You yes, that. You know, what Mike said. I have a, I have a co-worker friend. I could coach friend. you up on this apology thing, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Mike, Mike is our most experienced apologizer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like they said in Anne of Green Gables. I don't have to mean the apology as long as I put on a good performance. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's what they want. They I take just, away. I'd just like to say that I have a coworker friend who occasionally tries to get into some point of fact or logic with me and always gets his ass handed to him. Of course. And he said once, God, I just, I always think that this is the time I'm going to get you. And then mm. you crush me. And I said... And yet you continue to try. <laughs> At some point, you just have to learn, learn. Yep. that it's not worth it. 
No, I I think we keep trying because it's it's great. <laughs> I don't like it when people try to prove me wrong. I mean, apparently, <laughs> it's like I told my bosses and my kid and kind of my husband. I know everything, so stop. Like I know everything, and they're uh-huh. like, "What?" It's true. Well, in truth, the thing is, once you get a reputation for being a person who's always right, people take such glee in trying to find something where you're wrong and rubbing your nose in it. And it is a very bad feeling when people do that to you and makes you even more determined to never be wrong. Like, you know, maybe I'd be a little more gracious if you guys (laughs) gave me a little space to be wrong. Wait, damn it, that... Took a no, no, no. I didn't mean for. Well, I think you know, settled, ratified. Right. So, when are we getting Matt's review of Super Troopers? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, onto uh, onto a. A lighter subject, I guess. Uh, we have an announcement. Actually, I, I have a transition here. Yes. Would you, dear listener, like to be eviscerated by Anne? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who yeah, doesn't, yeah. It feels great. It really feels great. Uh, um, Anne actually came up with a fantastic idea uh, during our, our jamboree. I mean, it, it isn't all, you know, yelling at each other over who who emailed who about um, what stoner movie. Um she came up with a real great idea during the jamboree. And can you announce um, what we are going to be uh, doing um, besides uh, our summer road trip and then road trip redux uh, shows when we lose audio this summer? Well, we already have a dedicated segment on the show called Mike Has Ideas, where Mike brings his ideas to us. We listen and we discuss and we, we think about how feasible they are. I mean, have you ever, as a listener to this show, heard one of Mike's ideas and thought, I could do better? Have you ever thought... Well, that sounds well, like you start at the name and work backwards. How hard can that be? It sounds like be? you start at the negativity and work backwards to me. I mean, at this still point. A little, yeah. Still a little hepped up over the Super Troopers thing. Okay. We would like to give you, the listeners, the opportunity to present your Mike Has Ideas style ideas to us on a show that we're calling the Tishi Shark Tank. Yes. Uh, now, some of us have watched a lot of Shark Tank in our time. Some of us less so. So I'll be boning up on on my Shark Tank episodes so that I can confidently say that I will give you $50,000 for a, a 10% share and know that I mean what I'm – I know uh-huh. that I understand uh-huh. what I'm talking about. But if you have a good idea – that you think that we should discuss, we invite you to contribute it to this show. Now, Mike may bring some ideas of his own that we as a panel can review. Uh, he may be convinced to advocate for your idea if he likes it. And that may, may or like not him. be a good idea for for you to, <laughs> to enlist my help. But, you know. So we are encouraging you to submit those ideas. Now, how you want to submit them is totally up to you. If you want to send an email, 
you're welcome to do that. If you want to record a voice memo with your pitch and email it to us, that's great. If you want to submit something on our Facebook page, we're happy to take that. Um, And I think that if we have enough interest, if there are somebody who might like to actually come on in person on a Zoom call and present their idea, uh, we would love to have you. Yep. You have a couple of weeks from the time that this show drops to uh, get your pitch together. I think next week we're going to do another road trip show. And then the week after that, which I should have looked to see what that date's going to be. Uh, this is coming out on the 8th. So then the 15th, we'll do a road trip show. A road trip show and then the 22nd yep. of June, we're looking at doing this Shark Tank show so not a ton of time to get your stuff in but it doesn't have to be super polished because you know mike can really uh help you sell it yep. if you, oh yeah if you need somebody um with really a talent for for bullshit and salesmanship uh i think that he would be a good ally for you so thanks for the partial compliment <laughs> what else do we need to tell people about this well, I think if there are enough good ideas, we we can make it a, an ongoing segment or, you know, multiple part um, mm-hmm. show. Um, I, I I think this is an amazing uh, idea. It's the first. Um, I mean, it's a it's an amazing idea about having amazing ideas. I mean, everyone out. We have so many creative people out there. So many yep. creative people. Yeah. Um, if you if you need me, just give you a title of something. Just give you you know, just give <laughs> you work back. Yeah, yeah. Because then you can do all the heavy lifting behind it. I'll just give you like a, a catchphrase or something. And you, I mean, I I'm excited about this. I think, I think we can. This is how we're really going to be able to fund our future shows. <laughs> yep. How much does it cost us a year? Like five hundred bucks. Cost us five hundred ideas. <laughs> uh i'm i am a little concerned now that i think about it uh about calling it shark tank do you think that abc oh. universal disney oh i hope so <laughs> yes please i think that would be amazing can you imagine oh, how much yeah. content we would get out of that god oh when we when we used to do takedown there were there was a we did a segment called uh prowers county buy and sell um and there was a woman that was in charge of that facebook page and she used to constantly threatened to sick her attorneys on us and i was like there's not even an attorney in prowers county where are you getting all these attorneys i would be thrilled if 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 we got a cease and desist you know you've really made it as a as a podcast if yeah. if you start getting heat about shit like that please bring it please just wait out. until we cop their likeness with the music oh uh, that see See guys, that I was talking about that at the jambo. We're, I'm working on that part of it. I'm working on that part of it. I want it to be as uh, as big a rip off as we can legally get oh, away with. All right. I really like. Isn't the Canadian and the British versions? Aren't they called the Dragon's Den? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Everyone's got their thing. The Canadians yeah. won't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> if, as long as we say we're sorry. <laughs> so sorry. They try to no, serve sorry. you, but the, I don't know if you guys know this. If you don't live close to the border like I do, border is closed to all but essential traffic right now. So there's just going to be Mounties waiting with 
subpoenas yeah. at the bridges. Are you Anne Lindholm? No. Yes. <laughs> You've been served. I don't know. What does this Mountie look I like? I know it's going to say. <laughs> it's going to turn into some alternate fantasy world. He, I believe he appears on every roll of Canadian paper towels. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So that's exciting. Um, and, of course, we'll do the, all the get involved stuff uh, later so you can uh, know how to submit again. But, um, Bobby, you have a shameless work plug. Yeah. And since we're 30 minutes in already, I haven't even gotten to the mailbag. I'll keep it short. Uh, well, I had to get my my discount tires. <laughs> no, I, out. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. That was important. I'm glad you did. I'm still trying to get my tail out from between my legs after uh, Super Troopers oh, talk. Yeah. So, uh, I'm uh, watching you. And I, actually, I, I've got, I've got so much to do now. I have to email Matt to see if he's seen Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on my Change.org petition to get Super Troopers added to the Criterion Collection. Uh, there's a lot going on over here. So, like I said. Yeah. Uh, I am in Boston right now, uh, apropos of uh, today's road trip theme. Uh, I'm here for some work things. It's the first time I've been back in almost three months. And um, along with that, we have a new CD release from Boston Music Aviva, my day job. It's been several years since our last studio album. And this studio album has been many years in the making. And it's the music of Bernard Hoffer. Uh, it's chamber music and some other things. And even a, a family concert ballet is on here, narrated by... Boston media celebrity Joyce Culhaywick. Um Bernie, in his earlier uh, part of his career, wrote the theme to Thundercats and some PBS shows. Uh, and he has used his royalty fortunes from that to fund uh, quite a commissioning life since then uh, of classical music. It's actually quite good. It The album is on Amazon and it's streaming now on Spotify and Amazon and probably title for the three of you who use it. Um, <laughs> Remember when that so, was going to be a thing? Yeah. Uh. So if you if you want to fire up your Zune and uh, go find a celebration chamber music by Bernard Hoffer by Boston Music Aviva, uh, I produced this album actually, uh, not audio engineer, but I was sort of um, management staff producer on this, and uh, it's actually quite good. And it's a little glimpse into my day job and all the very talented people I get to work with. So that's my shameless work plug, uh, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Did he write the lyrics to Thundercats as well, or just the just the music? I know he wrote the music. <laughs> I don't know actually if he wrote the lyrics. Uh, can we assume that the first single that drops will be the Thundercats theme? <laughs> it and do and do they have the lyrics rights, or is it just an instrumental right. you know, karaoke version? Yeah, every fifth note is just off a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. See, it went up there. <laughs> what was the, the Thundercats uh, spinoff Silver Fox? Silver Hawks? Silver Hawks. Yeah, he wrote Silver that too. Silver Fox. That sounds like it, the elderly version of the That's Sil- like John Slattery, Anderson yeah, Cooper. <laughs> Silver Fox is, yeah. is, yeah. a, is a yeah, new... They just, they just get laid, man. It's just, this guy slays puss. It's all he does. I can Show see, title. I, no, I, can see, I can see an Adult Swim cartoon. Yeah, John Slattery and Mark Harmon on the prowl. Silver, 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 silver. I mean, I know Anderson Cooper's not an actor, but he should probably get in there too. <laughs> he, can, he can probably narrate. Like sometimes those things have a. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's the he's the uh, silver cat that, that pretends to be interested in the in the girls. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, oh, you know, I think wow. the first time we taped this, I talked about how he also did the themes to the American Experience on PBS, which we had less fun with. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> quite a range. He's rangy, yeah, this guy. He's got the range. Oh, uh, I'm laughing uh, to keep from crying yeah. because last week, uh, wow, I I blacked it out a little bit, you know, because we we get these messages about last week's show and... It makes me happy, but then it makes me sad all over again. I still have weird feelings. Hillary, um, you were on the sidelines for the sad show, but you're creating your own one now in yes. real life. Seems, I need but... attention. I want to be included in the sad <laughs> right. show. Right. You couldn't You couldn't stand us getting all the sad yes. attention. But, yeah. Um... So I have a little bit of sad news. And um, it's sort of appropriate that we're talking about Boston because um, yeah. my father-in-law, Dave, Butler Sr. passed away on Friday. He had been, um, you know, he'd been sort of sick for a while, and he would get better and then get sick again, be in the hospital, and and then he, he, he passed on Friday. The sort of silver lining, well, it's not silver lining, but, um, you know, Dave had actually gone up there a couple of weeks ago, and it sucked because he couldn't see him. And because he was, you know, they were still trying to prolong his life and tr- were still trying to make it. Um, you know, make him better, and but so Dave couldn't go because of fucking COVID. So he went up there, you know, helped his mom, and he, he talked to his, he Facetime with his dad like every single day to the point where I think at one point he was like, "We're sort of running out of things to talk about because we talk so much," which is you <laughs> yep. know a, a good thing. But sucks, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, so Dave came back a couple weeks ago. He was like, well, you know, they're they're just trying a whole bunch of stuff, but he was just hooked up. He was on dialysis. You know, they had done some surgeries. They had done a whole bunch of biopsies because they thought he had cancer, but they couldn't do surgery to remove it because he just his blood pressure wasn't stable enough. Anyway, so on Thursday, they sort of said, we, we really can't do anything more. This is just like, we can't, we're going to do palliative stuff. We we're just keeping him alive at this point and he's not going to get better. So they made a decision to stop the dialysis. Um, they still kept him on blood pressure medication. They had to do through like an IV drip, which kind of stank because that means he couldn't come home. Um, so anyway, um, the lucky thing is, is we found out early enough. We probably found out about 10 or 11 that they were going to sort of stop treatment. Um, and, we decided to book a flight for Dave on Friday, like at one thirty, And then his mom said, Oh, I don't know. I feel like you maybe need to come sooner. But the problem is again, because of all the madness that's going on, there's not a lot of direct flights or a lot of flights even to, um, to Boston right now. So anyway, we looked, we'd already missed the one thirty jet blue, but we looked and we booked on Bobby's favorite, <laughs> Bobby's favorite airline did have a flight, <laughs> uh, to Boston that got him in um, around 11 um, on Thursday. So he was able to go to the hospital and see his dad and talk to him one last time. And then he passed a couple hours later. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he was, I'm glad we kind of thought twice about it um, and booked it so he could see him one last time. And it's just really sad. He was not old. He was 70. He just turned 70. We saw him in February. Um, and the kids had talked to him a whole bunch on FaceTime and, I mean, I'm really happy he's not in pain, but he was really, really, really a lovely man. He was so kind, and um, he was, 
he thought I was funny, you know, so if somebody thinks I'm funny, then I automatically <laughs> like them. Yeah, they're awesome. This guy's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he just, he was, right. he, he was just a really, really sweet guy. He loved my kids and loved being around them. And he had, you know, they live in Boston, so it was harder for them to see the kids all the time. But once he stopped working, he would come down like twice a year. So we really got to know them. And my kids were crazy about him. Um, but anyway, it's just a really sad time. And just, you know, 2020 sucks. I know that it's like bad things happen all the time, but it just seems like it's, <laughs> this is just not a good year. But um, it's piling yeah, up. Yeah, it really 2020 is. can fuck off. Seriously, it's like. Already. I mean. But it's not too late for a comeback, 2020. I, know. I have faith I in know. you. We have six months left or five months and change. Um, but yeah, we're we're just really sad. I'm going up. Um, yeah. I'm shipping up to Boston <laughs> um, on Tuesday. Um, I'm going to drive my kids to Dallas, then fly up to Boston. It's just too hard to go with the kids, cause, and they're too little how, to really understand it. How did that uh, conversation go with the kids? Um, well, I'm like notoriously bad with having like hard conversations. I'm so awkward about it. Um, so I, the kids were out playing, Rory was probably watching TV, but the kids were at like away when I heard. And, um, so then I didn't want to tell each of them separately. I wanted to tell them together. So we, um, I picked up Bridget from her friend's house and we were going to go run some errands, pick up groceries, go get dinner and Bridget was we were in the car and I'm thinking when am I gonna tell when am I gonna tell and they knew you know they knew that Dave was gone so like and they knew Papa was sick um Mm -hmm. so they Bridget was talking about how her friend's grandfather died like oh he died and she's really sad and you know remember when Aunt Kathy died that was also really sad and I'm like well it's a good enough segue (laughs) as I've ever heard (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, yeah. and so I stopped the car like on our block because I was driving around and I was like I turned around and I said I had to tell you something and then she knew I mean she knew as soon as I turned around and said and then Rory's going what 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 and like kind of didn't understand so I told him and we all start you know we all just had like a big group cry but you know like um kids just are it's like a rolling kind of thing one minute they're like we're sad about papa and the next minute they're like you know, Bridget's trying to take my phone to use it for TikTok. So it's like, I, <laughs> they both understand and don't understand. They also loved him and were crazy about him, but he wasn't like a constant presence in their life. You know, he wasn't sure. there all the time. So to them, it's like sad and really sad in theory. I mean, Rory did say, mm-hmm. now when we go to Grammy and Papa's, it's just going to be Grammys. Um, <laughs> so it was like sweet and sad. They understand that more in the context of like, you know, Duchess is the closest thing that they kind of understand to death. So it just is, is then, you know, understanding that. And I, I try to tell them, like, I grew up with basically one grandmother, like my grandmother, grandmother died when I was three or four. I never knew my grandfather's. So I always would tell them, you're so lucky you have both sets of your grandparents and like, they're both married and, you know, they love you so much. So it's just as a sad, you know, rite of passage, I guess. But again, he was 70. It's so, it's like, 70 is not old anymore, you know? Mm-mm. Anyway, it's just, it's going to be a hard time. And like I, I was telling everybody before we recorded, I'm going up for the wake and the funeral. And I did, I've been to so few funerals that I did have to ask Dave, what's a wake? Like, I mean, I kind of know what it is, but I've really never been to them before. So he had to explain it to me. Um, but it's, it's so weird because there's, you know, a limited amount of people that can be there at one time. And in the obituary, was, which hasn't run yet, um, they can't advertise where the funeral is going to be. Um, 
so it's just, it's such a weird time. And Dave senior was one of six. I think only three are living though. And then my mother-in-law is the oldest of nine. And no, I mean, anyway, so there's just like, there's their family. Isn't that big. Like their immediate family. Dave only has two brothers, but the larger kind of friends and family that it's, it's going to be, I, I think that I'm being brought up to like, um, be the, uh, bouncer at the wake. Like I, was mm-hmm. telling them that I want to get a clicker to count how many people are in. <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. me, like Hillary's running crowd control. <laughs> I, know. I have a velvet rope. Putting the tape down on the yes. floor. Excuse me. Do you have your black wristband? <laughs> I know. And you know me. I mean, like, I'll just be show poning it up and like doing the small talk kind of thing. So I'm happy to be there. And obviously I'm happy to support Dave because it's, it's really, really sad. So anyway, it's... I mean, it, and what a relief for him to have somebody like you that he can count on to do that. You know, that's not something that he or his family should have to deal with. Gosh, I it's so, thank you. I mean, you know, um, it's so weird to me that like uh, rituals around funerals, because the one kind of wake I went to, it was after the funeral, I guess of my cousin and my aunt and uncle just had to like stand there and greet people. And I like it, you know, kind of like a procession, of people mm-hmm. and it's just I mean my aunt was amazing and it just seems so fucking exhausting and unnecessary for, and like an unnecessary burden I know you want to see people but it's like you're having to be polite to other people about the death of your loved one I don't know it just is such a weird yeah. weird thing yeah. yeah you know I I remember um we had some across the street neighbors who were older when I was a teenager and they were just the loveliest people. They were so nice, so kind to, to us. And, you know, I did things like take their mail in while they were wintering in Florida and, and things. And they were just very kind people to us as a young family. And when uh, Mr. Strumman passed away, many years now, we went to the funeral and I, you know, went to, through the receiving line and said hello to Mrs. Strum. And I, when I saw her, I started crying. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, Annie, it's okay. And I'm like, she should not be <laughs> comforting me. Right. Yeah, I know. This is not the way that this should work. I know. I know. I know. It's such a weird... And I don't know, maybe once somebody really close to you dies, like you... I don't know, for for a time, you just kind of are like, okay, this is business. Like, I'm in business mode right now. Like, I can't fall apart right now. Sure. Kind of like how you were talking about with your mom, Anne. Like, where she's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going into business. Like, let's get let's get through this. Yep. Yeah. Let's take care of this. That's like, uh, I think it's a it's a matter of like time. If, if it's a service that's like, you know, a week after the death, then you've had time. You've you've had your time to process a lot of it. Then. You know, you're able to field that kind of stuff, but I still, it's not really fair to, because some people may not be ready to play that role. I always thought that the wake as well, you know, I, I'm not religious, but um, I thought that it was just like a funeral service or, or sorry, a memorial service where you could get hammered. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, don't think I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, will there be wine there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I hear wake and I'm like, oh, it's a, <gasps> booze. I just picture like, yeah, just like a wall of booze, you know, and people just like Bill Blash. Yeah, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, you think Irish wake. Yes. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll see. I'll I'll check back <laughs> and see how the how the cocktails do what you went. gotta do. Yeah. Take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just a it's a sad shitty time. As you know, 
Dave is my favorite person. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure his it, to to have made Dave his dad must have been great. great yeah, dude. he was a really he was a really good guy. He was. Thank yes, I, I, it goes without saying, but I'll say it. Our love not only to you and the kids, but to yes. Dave too. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I can I can use this as a transition to the mailbag because we have a we have a, a full stuffed full mailbag because <laughs> we have all of the Boston and New England movies feedback from a couple of weeks ago. Uh and we also received a, a lot of thoughtful, heartfelt messages after the sad show last week. I, I call that the, the that mailbag the sad sack. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> Jesus. The sad sack of <laughs> messages. I I'm so glad that you chimed in. Um <laughs> I I'm not gonna I unless anyone has anyone in particular they want to read, I think I'd rather not read those messages because We'll yeah. be here all day, and we'll be sobbing. And uh, <laughs> uh, we received uh, messages of condolences. We received messages of support. We received uh, messages uh, from people who were also going through their own shit and uh, shared um, and commiserated. And um, well, uh, shit. I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? Is to be here for one another. Um, and uh, the fact that that's reciprocated with with listeners and that we share that and that we're so close, um, I know it means a lot to me, and I'm I'm confident it means a lot to most of you too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's the best. Yep. It's the best. It's, yeah. So thank you, thank you for writing uh, on that. Uh, now we're gonna dig deep uh, past the sad sack into the mail from Boston and New England from a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, you know what? I'm just going to skip Bob Stein's disgusting uh, throw your phone from a couple weeks ago. Uh, That was shockingly disgusting. Premium content if you want it. Reach out. Uh, We did not do a question of the week this last week. Um, You know, we usually post those on Tuesdays, which is when we do our, what we call our jamboree, our planning call. I mean, what would it have been? What's your saddest story? Tell us here. Start crying now, bitch. Um, I I had thought about posting just how you all doing, but I think everybody's kind of doing that right now anyway. We're all in a, a sort of funny state where we're posting things like that. So also it was Blackout Tuesday. And so even if it was accidental, we uh, participated. So the uh, question of the week from a couple of weeks ago was what movie uh, makes you think of New England? And uh, I will jet through the list here. Uh, I consolidated Catherine Kalina and Susan Hall said Baby Boom. Charles came in with the perfect storm. Sean joined me with Jaws. Uh, and Louise uh, writes, does Gilmore Girls count? That was a, a running theme, yes. I think. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. On a technicality, yeah. but <laughs> you could not come up with very many um, um, entertainment properties that evoke New England. sort of New England quirkiness more than Gilmore Girls. Uh, we had Amanda thanking us for at least name-checking Mystic Pizza, even though we didn't really get into it. Lauren... Uh, says, what about Bob? The Family Stone from Katie. Chris with Dead Poets Society, which is one I was surprised didn't make our short list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward with The Devil and Daniel Webster. Uh, Daniel uh, with uh, Dolores Claiborne. Bet had The Ice Storm and writes, the, that movie changed me as a person who was probably too young to watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I mean, I've seen it, but I it think intense. I was old enough to yeah. not be... I think I was right in the middle, like old enough to not like 
be scarred as a young person, but sort of not old enough to fully understand yeah, yeah. all the dynamics going yeah. on. It's just like, ooh, key party. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that <Yeah>. seems sexy. <laughs> yeah, oh, awesome. It's not going to be emotionally damaging to anyone involved. Uh, I'm trying to remember which Poltergeist movie had all the mirrors in it. I remember being young and um, seeing Poltergeist, one of the sequels perhaps, and uh, being horrified by the interior design. So I think that was my... <laughs> that was what you were talking about. That was the movie I by. saw when I was too young. Uh, Andrea, Dan in real life, filmed almost entirely in Rhode Island. Uh, and she also chi- chimes in with The Way, Way Back, um, which is a movie that I haven't seen, but a lot of people really, really like. Yeah. So, I haven't seen it either. I'm going to write it down on this notepad that I'll probably... Steve Carell also now is kind of a low-key silver fox. Like, he's pretty hunky. Yeah. Especially with the mm-hmm. the salt and pepper hair. Absolutely. I mean, he has that honker of a nose, yeah. but I don't mind it. I like a big nose. Uh, we can know what they say about big noses. <laughs> uh, I watched the first episode of Space Force the other night. Um, oh, and part of the way through that. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I can feel it pulling me in. I don't know that I thought it was hilarious or what but it's so far it's interesting uh alicia actually commented on andrea's post about dan in real life and she writes this that movie is a major scene of pride in my extended family my cousins are very blurry extras in the background of one quick shot and it features my grandmother's couch some of the production staff rented my grandmother's house during the shoot and she apparently had the perfect couch for a depressed (laughs) middle-aged single mom it was the talk of my family for (laughs) years I mean, as it should be. <laughs> You're famous. Was there an Afghan involved? Usually, you got to hang an Afghan over the back of the couch in a, in a movie to really, you know, right. throw a signature mm-hmm. on it. That's how you know. That's a New England sofa. <laughs> uh, Chesterfield sofa. Yeah, Chesterfield. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, I have so many. Practical Magic, Little Children, The Way Way Back, The Town, and of course. Little Women, another one that I'm surprised. Hillary, Little Women. What is wrong with us? Little Women. I mean, that is that is New England in a movie in every single iteration of it. Jesus Christ. Alicia had state and Maine go, you huskies. Michelle, uh, shit is getting real. I just want to heather myself out. Peace and love. <laughs> Bree writes, Hocus Pocus, another one that uh, had not occurred to me. Uh, and she posted a picture of her child, then 18 months old, and her dog dressed as uh, Chief Brody and, well, she writes, and Jaws, respectively. <laughs> it's, uh, was, the sh- was the shark named Jaws? It's Franken-Jaws monster. Rita <laughs> uh, writes, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Carolyn with One Crazy Summer, Linda with What About Bob Depots, and Gilmore Girls again, another Mystic Pizza from Catherine Maggie. Ghost Story with Fred Astaire going classic. Leslie on Golden Pond, as well as Dan in Real Life. Uh, on Golden Pond, one of the movies that uh, Bob Stein also mentioned for the scenery, which he writes included Jane Fonda in a bikini. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, she was something. She's still something. Are you kidding? Oof. She's 80. And she looks amazing. She looks amazing. I mean, something. that's a good plastic surgeon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Stein's list also includes Shawshank Redemption, which we don't have time to rehash here, but we should should put a pin in that for when we do prison movies or something. And we can, uh, Jennifer with 1776. You didn't get a lot of the the main, the, the main scenery 
And, yeah. you know, when you're, yeah. it's a prison movie, it's not really like a, you know, doesn't fall, fall the foliage, <laughs> <laughs> covered bridges. Uh, and Justina, my number one rural New England movie, The Parent Trap, original 1961 edition, no low hand here. I grew up urban and poor and watching this movie opened up a whole new world to me. Kids went away to summer camp, away from their families for a whole summer. God, I wanted that so much. Now I knew it would have been impossible for me. Wish I had known about scholarships back then, but I was eight. Uh, but it really was key in my motivation to do well in school and live a different life. I never went to summer camp, but I did change my world. Honorable mentions go to Pete's Dragon, the original, because Dragon, and White Christmas, uh, which I always forget is a Vermont movie, but it really yeah. is. And it, it actually is a, a pretty uh, scene-set Vermont movie. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Vermont. Yeah, I, Justina mentioned that it's at a disadvantage because we are talking about movies and it's summer, so our brains don't go yeah. to snow, but that's a great mm-hmm. pull. Yep. Yeah. So thank you all for your – there may even be more because I don't think I updated that list from last week. But the important lesson here is to go to the Facebook group. This show has everything, uh, if for nothing else, than to see an 18-month-old the dog dressed like Chief Brody <laughs> and a shark. <laughs> but which was which? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and with that, uh, we'll take the uh, Tishi Summer Road Trip Cinema Spectacular, an occasional series, to Boston. Mm-hmm. Did we decide what kind of van we have for this? Is it like one of those conversion vans that we're virtually driving around in the country with? Hmm. I mean, Sprinter? I have, you know, a Sienna that can fit with the driver. One, two, three, four, eight people. So we could squeeze into mine uncomfortably. We- Pick out the french fries and mashed crayon first. <laughs> hey, I don't know if I want to squeeze into a Sienna for, Look. you know, a, a cross-country road trip. I'm not a small person. I know. So. Jeremy doesn't have to be inside the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> we strap him to the top with the luggage. Well, I mean, he's he's endured worse road trip conditions. My air conditioning works. <laughs> You so. say this like Jeremy's not going to be our advanced team. You know that Geometro is going to be three or four hours ahead setting up camp. Yep. Uh, yeah, but whatever uh, we do, he does not drive the van because no. he doesn't stop for gas. Uh, and that is, I don't need that kind of stress. Well aware. I remember driving back from Kent and I saw that it was like at, he didn't even have the mileage. Like we were also in a Sienna and I was like, when are we going to stop for gas? Like there was no gas station. We were inches away from running out of gas. It is extremely stressful. I was not sober and I was so, I was like a nail biter. I was like, ah. Jeremy's vetoed as the driver. Jeez, I just got a text alert saying that the item I ordered from Wish is coming, which means I got drunk and ordered something off the Wish app. <laughs> Shit. I really have no idea what I ordered. Sorry, that was a distraction. We're going to start with uh, quintessential Boston cinema, courtesy yep. of Ann Lundholm. Yep. Yes, I am. My pick for a movie that makes me think of Boston is Goodwill Hunting, Yay. the Er Boston movie, as. I see it. I've never been to Boston, so all that I know of it is uh, through movies or through, I guess, through Hollywood's view and portrayal of Boston. I don't know if, I mean, all of Boston can't be Southie, right? (laughs) But you'd never know it from according to what Hollywood gives me. Um, I feel like it's pretty. I mean, definitely since Goodwill Hunting, it is like upped its like game as far as real estate goes. But I think it's pretty, um, you know, not it's not super unrealistic from 
Yeah, my advantage. My advantage. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. good to yeah. know. That well, it seems like not there's, me there's no middle ground. It you're either you're either uh, robbing armored cars or you're, <laughs> you're at Harvard. You know, yeah. inventing Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, so for the two people that haven't seen. Good will hunting. I mean, <laughs> there, you know, there are, are are gaps in our cinematic knowledge. I've never seen Titanic, so came out the same year as uh, as Good Will Hunting. But you probably know the beats. I do. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I know how Titanic turns out, uh, and yeah. I know that Kate Winslet uh, shows her boobs. So really, that's the important parts, right? Billy Zane's a dick. Uh, Leo is awesome, and, and you have she to sit doesn't turn out very well. She doesn't let him up on the up on the whatever it is she's floating on. She's the door. like, oh, well, door, yeah, door. It sucks. sucks. You have to sit you. through a lot of not boobs for those boobs. The oh, the ratio yeah, in Titanic is not worth it. Boobs to not boobs. Yeah. Are you saying I mean, there are better properties to be watched for a better? Boobs to not boobs ratio. Well, I'm just saying track her Look, career Titanic came out when I was 11. So, yes, this would have been a relevant part of my... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So her boobs were a prominent feature throughout your discovery of yourself through that period. Because there was not glasses. a movie... There was not a movie uh, that she did where... I mean, I think it was in her contract. To the writer. Boobs had to, my boobs yeah. are out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, my yeah. I don't see a scene where my boobs are out in this movie. I don't know if I can do this. I'll just take them out quick right here. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. How about how about uh, Act Two, Scene Three? We could, you know, he I could just happen to be topless. Anyway, back Sorry. to my point. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Not Kate Winslet <laughs> does not show her boobs in this movie. No, no, she's not in this movie. No. Matt Damon, who will feature probably heavily in our discussion today, plays no. Will Hunting, this poor orphan kid from Southie who's working as a janitor at MIT, but he is actually self-taught and brilliant enough to get the attention of uh, Stellan Skarsgård, <laughs> who... I, this is the thing that I really bugs me the most about Good Will Hunting is why did they name his character Gerald Lambeau? <laughs> he is Swedish. It would not be weird to have a Scandinavian professor. Just call him by his, by his actual name, right? Yeah. What was it? Right. Scar- Scarfsgar? Because he always had a, scar- a, scarf- a scarf on <laughs> Yeah, that scarf was like doing heavy-duty work there. But yeah, I don't know. That's, it, it got a credit in the movie. <laughs> call him Andreasen and let's move on yeah. so that yeah. I'm not going... Yeah. Lambo, really? And I feel the like they time? kind of like Lambo. They're not like trying to make him French or whatever, you know. Like they, it's like they acknowledge no. that he is Swedish. So it's really weird. It's such a weird. Yeah, he looks Swedish. Yeah. He sounds Swedish. Yeah, yeah. It is odd. I don't know. I don't know what the thought process are, is, but so he's working with Matt Damon, trying to mold his gift and make him into the um, kind of contributor to the annals of math history that he could never be. But um, Will is such a a troubled, defensive, angry person that it becomes uh, necessary that his emotional issues are going to have to be addressed. And so that's how they take him to Robin Williams as a uh, local therapist, uh, working hard on that Southie accent. And I mean, doing a 
pretty good yeah. job. Yeah. I think. He only rolls it out like every once in a while when he's trying to make a Southie like point. So it's not so distracting. Right. right. I it was convincing to me. He was terrifying when he uh, when he grabbed Will by the throat. Yep. Oh yeah. And said, I will end you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, my therapist does that to me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you're not going to really Well, I was going to say, I don't think that's a tactic that they teach in (laughs) therapy school. Yeah, he's still far from the worst therapist on today's show. He was freelancing a bit. Yes, we can we can do a, a contrast in in therapists. Uh, one of the things that has c- come up more often than not, sort of recently in the last ten years or so, is people kind of making fun of the therapy in the movie, like the pivotal scene where Robin Williams just stands there and tells him, "It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault." Over and over again, and people are like, "Yeah, that's so simplistic. It's so cheesy," but I'm here to tell you. It's not that far from the truth. I mean, the real meat of therapy is to tell a person over and over that they're not a piece of garbage until they start to believe it. And that's what that scene is about. And I have had versions of that with my own therapist. And I I think it's a great scene because um, I think Matt Damon really does his best acting in that scene where, you know, at first he's like, Oh, yeah, totally. I know it's not my fault. And he's like, no, I, I understand. It's not my fault. And then he's like, stop fucking with me. And you can see him kind of start to become more and more distressed as the uh, emotional truth is harder and harder to, to hide. I, I think that's a very affecting scene in the movie. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because yep. he intellectually knows that it's not his fault. I mean, he, he knows it. Right. Because you know, he's yeah. so fucking smart. But he's still a human and as a human you hang on to shit like that yeah you know? yeah there's a there's a difference between knowing something in your head and knowing something in your heart yeah yeah, yeah. and it can it can be difficult and take a long time to transition it, it, that understanding. it could take a long hug in this case <laughs> yes. yeah totally um i but i you know when i watch it i find the scenes between them especially when they're kind of like getting along so charming to me, you know, mm-hmm. when they're laughing about the socks or whatever. I, I don't know. I just think it's... Uh, she fought it. <laughs> Woke the dog up. Uh, I can't do it. No, it's can't. really... It's hard. Um, no, it's I. It's a imminently rewatchable movie. Um, I mean, there's some parts that are tough, but it's, uh, it's you know, I just... I think it's... A good movie. Like if it's on, it's definitely rewatchable for me. And I think they have done a rewatchable on it. But if it's on, I'll totally just sit down and watch it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, Dave being from Boston, he like this was his movie. He he saw it early or something, and he took like I think he saw it like five times in the theater. He was just like, yes, finally something that represents me, which is hilarious because Dave is like from a, a nice suburb of Boston, so it did not represent him, but. Um, but I mean, but the math genius. Part, oh, I mean that's that. That's it. That's totally it. That's totally it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just there's you know, Affleck and you know that kind of rapist, sexual assaulter, uh, Casey Affleck and Damon. Oh, and what's the other guy's name? Why can't I? The redhead. Oh, it's Cole, Cole Hauser. Hauser, who like 
is perfect because I, I think I, he's not from Boston, but he has that sort of clip, like, I don't talk voice. Like, like Cole Hauser is really underrated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. He, is, he has been in so much good stuff. And, and usually he's the guy who shuts the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Because he, he's also, he do also does it in, um, in Days and Confused as well. I mean, I would yeah. that must have and been. And Yellowstone, when... too. And it, it's, just, it, it's amazing how much you can do without, you know, I mean, if you just shut the fuck up. Yeah. But that whole crew is perfect. And it goes yeah. to what we've been talking about. Where my, I burger? Think that... <laughs> my burger. My burger. Um, I think Ben Affleck is a perfect character supporting actor. I don't think he yeah. should be a lead person, except maybe in the town, which we'll talk about. But I just think that he works so well as like a funny guy, and he just was too good looking for them to like not touch. Um, but this is like one of my yeah. favorite roles of his. Yeah, he's he's. I think you have to be a smart person to play a really smart person. And Matt Damon is is pretty convincing, you yeah. know. He's bright enough that you buy him in that role. But I think it also takes a smart person to convincingly play a dumb person. Yeah. yeah. And Affleck did that really well in that yeah. movie. You know, his uh, Chucky. Yeah. I mean, even the name is dumb. <laughs> uh, he he, you know, you think he's just a. a a bonehead and that he doesn't have a lot of interior life but then they have that uh, scene between the two of them where he talks about you know the best part of his day is walking up to to will's door and hoping that he's not there yeah. that he's decided to get out and make a better life because he knows that that's not for him yeah. it's not a possibility for his life and so he wants that for his friend and i thought he did a really great job of of convincingly portraying somebody who had his limitations but you know knew that he had yeah, his limitations. Yeah, totally. Total. I mean, it's so funny. Dave and I have talked about this a little bit, and I don't know if I'm making a broad generalization, but I have this theory that in, like, New England, there's this... Okay, in the South, I feel like everybody's always trying to be, like, seem richer than they actually are and seem, like, fancier than they are sometimes, or at least where I grew up. It was like everybody was trying to pose, like, oh, I'm so... And then in this particular part of culture of Boston, not like everywhere, but I feel like it's, you always, like my husband did at some point would try to kind of play like he was of the people sort of. And I feel like Matt Damon's like, street. Yeah. And it's like, he, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a bricklayer. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, no, you are, you are more than this. Like your brain is more than this. It's not a bad thing to be a bricklayer, but you're meant for more than that. Well, mm-hmm. one of the criticisms of the, of this movie was that the, lead actors were a little old for the for the parts that they played. Isn't Matt Damon supposed to be 19 or 21 I guess he was like well turning they they had written the script you know these these guys had been like shopping this and working on it and trying to get this made for so many years that they almost aged out of their own movie yeah but so I forgive them I I try to forgive them that part of it because I'm like yeah, yeah, you know, he's supposed to be like college age, but he really doesn't. There's this know. whole, I can't remember exactly what it is, but like when they, one of the previous iterations of it was that it was like going to be partially about how he was smart, but then it, maybe he was like hired by the NSA and it was like a crime or like yeah, a mystery. Yeah. It, oh, oh no, no, whole, no, 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 yeah, no. There's a whole third act about, yeah. And I think that they, William Goldman, you know, who wrote, um, uh, what is it? Princess yeah, Pride. Prince Pride. He helped them and was like, no, like this has to be, yeah. you know, this can't be about like some spy there's, thriller. There's all these sweet 
this this, this awesome sweet and story and, that hasn't and, been done before then, really like in this you know yeah. in, in this Let's voice let that be it yeah. you know and yep. that that's amazing so I should say William Goldman was um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid yeah. too right? and all the President's Men many other right? mm-hmm. yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, very accomplished. A couple, he did a, did a couple. <laughs> He's all right. Speaking of, uh, of accomplished uh, filmmakers, uh, let's talk about another movie. Um, <laughs> our friend, uh, our friend Ben Affleck, who who. Um, oh, interesting. Her- you know, we could have we could have gone two ways from Good yeah. Morning. Yep. We could have yep. gone the Damon way, and we could have gone the Affleck way. You're going Affleck. Well, we'll we'll get back to Damon. <laughs> um, oh yes, we will. Of course, all roads lead back to Damon. <laughs> uh, but I I think uh, Hillary, you pointed out that uh, Ben Affleck had his teeth fixed. What, what was for? I did. That was a, no, that was Anne. Oh, I Anne? did because there was one sh- shot in Goodwill Hunting where he was like on the porch at Will's house and he was turning away, and I was like, "Whoa, his teeth are kind of they look like Wallace and Gromit <laughs> teeth, not yeah, real person right. teeth." To the point where I was like. They don't look like that now. So then I went down the Ben Affleck dental rabbit hole <laughs> of, of all places. Is Ben Affleck dental rabbit hole? <laughs> That's awesome. And man. I found out that um, Michael Bay required him yes. to get his teeth redone before Pearl Harbor. Uh-huh. Well, I was thinking about that uh, last night because because I'm an old man and uh, this doesn't happen very often to me, but I fell asleep in my chair. Uh, that is ultimate night. old man <laughs> with your afghan on across your knees yeah. to be clear oh, it's a great it's chair. right here it's, it's a great it's chair. a great chair mike and i have bobby knows mike and i have companion old man chairs <laughs> yeah so i fell asleep in my chair and uh it was like nigh on eight o'clock uh wow and then and then i woke up and I was like, you know, because I mean, I'll fall asleep in my chair because I'm old, right? But usually it's like half hour, 45 minutes, and then I'll just wake up and go, oh, well, mm, uh, let's see what else is on the cable news, you know. But um, it was one o'clock. It was like, you know, well past one o'clock. It's like, okay. I mean, right. Emily's practically getting up for the next <laughs> <No>. day. <laughs> Emily's already been up and back to bed i mean i mean this is how long i've been asleep in this fucking chair anyway when i woke up pearl harbor was just starting and uh there is there's no movie where you can see just more money on the screen and more beautiful people Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they are gorgeous. This movie is gorgeous. It's a piece of shit of a movie. It's just awful. And I don't know who ever thought Josh Hartnett could act his way out of wet paper. Oh, no, no, I don't know. But he cannot. And every scene he's in is like, this guy. Uh... They really tried to make him a thing in like 2000. That was like, oh, they my did it. You remember, what was that movie he did with Harrison Ford where there were Hollywood ending. Hollywood homicide. Yeah, Hollywood homicide game. I, I actually turned that one off after uh, 20 minutes because I was like, I can't. I, you know, my three ninety nine at the video <laughs> store can go down the drain because this is a bad movie. Like, you're an underwear model. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah. Okay. He was also in a what movie called, like, 40 Days and 40 Nights that was, again, tru- oh, truly awful. That might be the only thing that I ever saw from beginning to end with him. Awful. And, and yeah. 
Oh my god. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Josh Hartnett. <laughs> so I, I woke up I woke up at, at one in the morning and I was like, Okay, well, I have to put my legs back on to go down and go to bed, but by the time my legs are back on, um, I'm gonna be awake. Uh so I might as well just put him back on, put this stupid movie on. And 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 let uh, Josh Hartnett put me to sleep. So by the time the shooting started, I I, I did get back to bed. Um, we can anyway. save forty days and forty nights for San Francisco because oh, according yes. to Wikipedia, it is yes. in San Francisco. Uh, yes, the film depicts God, Matt Sullivan, a San Francisco web designer who has chosen to abstain from any sexual contact during the duration of Lent. Yep. Yes, it's really really bad. that guy. The only thing he's good for is sexual contact. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let him do what he, you know, can can do to please the ladies because his acting is just awful. So, um, 2010, uh, Ben Affleck, great teeth. He's coming off of Gone Baby Gone, uh, and he is a thousand percent sure of himself. He is full of Ben Affleck, and he's going to do a movie from a. a what a novel that I haven't read, but um, seems to have captured his town, the town, the town he knows, and he is confident and he pulls this shit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. The thing I love most about the movie, the scene I love most in this movie, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to describe the plot. It's just you know, guys from Charlestown it's a heist movie. robbing mm-hmm. one last yeah. heist. Yeah. It's a heist movie, and and uh, and there's like four heist sequences, and and each one has its own unique charms. And I do love violence when there are consequences. I hate it when people slam them themselves and superheroes against buildings, and no one gets hurt. I mean, it's like so stupid. Who cares when it's over? This is it's tense because people get hurt and they get killed, and there are people that you know and that you've you know, the characters that you've, you've gotten to know. Um, but the scene in the cafe when Jeremy Renner has tracked down Ben Affleck, uh, who is now dating the (laughs) bank manager of the bank that they robbed, that they took hostage. Yeah. They took her as a hostage. Uh, As good as this movie is, there is like one like real bad <laughs> premise that it rests upon. What if you dated just, the woman that you held hostage? Like, isn't that like classic romance yeah, novel? The cultural phenomenon of a meat cute. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> like there has to be While an she obstacle. was terrified that I was gonna kill her, I thought that she was kinda cute. <laughs> well, no doubt she is cute and and uh she's very and, but, much a you kind of lady she's a she's a uh, deeply brunette deeply brunette smart girl yeah uh, and and the women in this movie beautiful but uh the women all two of them <laughs> <laughs> inconsequential i mean props <laughs> pretty much i mean goodwill hunting had mini driver and that's basically that's it. It. That's it so we yeah, doubled our woman quotient <laughs> in the town Give us a kiss. I mean, honestly, uh, like if you are a single woman and you're looking to get with a man, I guess move to Boston. It's like the new Alaska. There's no women that live there, apparently. Well, uh, if you want a guy who's looking to get out of the uh, heist game, who has a, 
beard trimmed within an inch of its life. <laughs> oh my um, god. I mean, there was a beard wrangler for that set. There yeah. had to have been. Not a piece of stubble out of place. Like I think if 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 they had gone too heavy with like on one side of his face, they would have had to postpone filming <laughs> for 3 days until they could even out the beard because his stubble was amazing. <laughs> When you have a jawline like that and you have a beard line like that, you have to you have to take advantage and he really did. Gillette really missed their chance to to do some uh sponsorship in this movie. They could yeah. have added a shaving scene and it could have really Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how I get it. This is how I get it. This is how, you know. Oof. Okay, so back to the scene. Yes, We're in let's the cafe. Get back to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, of course he has a shitty stupid tattoo because he's jeremy renner yep. um jeremy renner is peak jeremy renner yeah. at this yep. point i i uh, he is arriving as a star in hollywood in this movie and and a lot of it is because of this scene when he he discovers i mean he suspects and then he discovers that ben has been wooing the uh, hostage from the, the bank robbery, and uh, and uh, he would really rather see that lady dead um, than than uh, dating his partner in crime. So, what's interesting, uh, really most about the scene to me is the acting within the acting, because Jeremy Renner is having he's he's. A, a really good actor and he has to act within the scene like he has to act out a lie within the scene. He's like, oh yeah, I'm just happening upon my buddy here. Yeah, oh, where did you kids meet? <laughs> yeah, and it's so tense and I can't tell you how relieved I am when uh, when Ben Affleck just slaps his hand on the back of, of Renner's neck and, and escorts him away. All right, buddy. That Notre Dame fighting Irish tattoo covered up post haste. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I honestly, I think that Jeremy Renner makes this movie because he always has such a wild card energy. Like he comes on screen when he plays these characters, and I legit get nervous. Yeah, because your heart I, starts beating fast. I'm not sure what he's going to yeah. do, and yeah. I can't be sure that he's going to do the thing that's best for you know his and the other protagonists' continued survival. I mean, he's even when he's playing a, a good guy, like in the Hurt Locker, he brought a lot of that energy. Yeah. I mean, and he's just totally neutered in the Avengers yeah. movies mm-hmm. because there's no opportunity for acting in those movies, but. He's just a really interesting, I mean, another guy like Affleck who is so much better as a character actor than as a star. Yep. And it's so weird that he was like made a star or they tried to because he's not, what what did Luke used to say? Conventionally. Classically. (laughs) Yeah. Conventionally attractive. Yes. He's about my height. Five, four. That squishy face. (laughs) You know. Yeah, yeah. Emily says that too, squishy face. But, but she likes him. She finds him very sexy. Does she like his music? I. She didn't, she didn't know about that part. She. I think she was kind of shocked to hear it. If we're going for squishy face, jug eared guys, I go Daniel. Craig oh, one hundred percent. All the way. One hundred percent. There you go. Or Will Smith. Before I go, Jerry Runner. I I prefer the term trophy head. But it's, it's <laughs> 
Uh, before we get too much further, I do want to point out, so that tattoo is the fighting Irish leprechaun robbing a bank. It, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it is? It's holding a gun, and in the other hand, it's holding up a bag oh. with dollar sign on it. Oh, subtle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that really narrows it down when it comes to the FBI files. Uh, you know. And I <laughs> guarantee not... that there oh. are at least half a dozen dumbasses running around Boston with that tattoo now. Oh, probably. Yeah. But have they robbed a bank, though? <laughs> I mean, I could get that tattoo. I could, like, have a French or Danish guy robbing a bank. Well, I would say that's probably one of the biggest industries in Boston, as far as the movies have led me to believe, is yeah. bank robbing. Yep. I laughed so hard, but at the very end of rewatching The Town, there's a title card that just says, uh, Charlestown genuinely is known for its history of bank robberies. That obviously doesn't reflect everyone who lives in Charlestown. <laughs> like, they made well, this whole movie, on, a lot of it's on location, and then they just had to be like, uh... This no, this isn't actually how we portray all of your beautiful neighborhood. <laughs> it is a really beautiful neighborhood too. When um, last time when we were in Boston, um, we were leaving the airport and it was sort of late at night. Dave just like missed the exit, so it's for ninety three South. So we started going ninety three North, and then we had to get off and like reroute through Charlestown. And I was like, this is delightful. It's so pretty. It's like this little uh, village. Yeah, uh, cobblestone. Streets. I looked at some job listings for you know bank manager, and there's plenty of openings. I'm there. You know, pistol whip. Yep. If you don't mind a good pistol whipping, or uh, the butt of a rifle in, on your skull, uh, maybe maybe it's a good spot for employment. Um, the uh, there's just so there are so many great actors uh, chewing scenery in this movie. Pete Postlewaite, Postlewaite, who, yeah. Postal weight who died right after the film. Legitimately scary. Super scary. Like, I don't want him talking to me while holding a pair of gardening shears. Yeah. I have a feeling that he could have torn those thorns off with his bare hands, but the 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 gloves were for show. Mm -hmm. Oh man. And we should probably also talk about Briefly, at least, John Hamm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as the FBI agent who oh, is so trying to bring them down. Who, uh, I mean, you know, the Classic the um, corruption of the police forces, I think, is kind of on the front of our, the forefront of our yep. minds these days. And he's not corrupted, I would say, but he it's employs... Some dirty tactics, you know, kind of manipulating Blake lively. And, yeah, he's definitely, like, not a good person. No. Uh, he just happens to be on the quote-unquote right side yep. Yep. of the law. Just wants one. to go home and nuke his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching this movie a lot. <laughs> we We should keep going because... This is going to be even longer than the take we lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, didn't Bobby? Don't you have a? I do. I'm next. So, so you took us to Charlestown, and we got the the scenery of of those neighborhoods around the Bunker Hill Monument. And I'm going to take us all across Boston with the Departed. Uh, Added. The Departed. The, the Departed. <laughs> Added. We're going to go back to Damon because. All roads lead to Damon. <laughs> and we also get Leo DiCaprio. Yep. You could get to a worse place than Damon. And we get a great, great role for Mark Wahlberg. 
I mean, Oscar nominated. Yeah. We get Martin Sheen. I did not like him at the beginning of this movie. I was like, what is this clown doing? Yeah. But in the end, he was sort of the only person that I respected. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, Jack Nicholson, who I'm convinced they Oof. called and said, uh, how, how crude and filthy can you be? Mm-hmm. And then we'll just write around it. Okay, good. <laughs> and, God, that's a dream job. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson <laughs> came in and said, I'll do your movie, but I refuse to go to hair and makeup. <laughs> and I'm just going to show up yeah. and I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear. And what you get was Man. Frank Costello, your your Whitey Bulger analog. This movie is full of fantastic acting performances, except for Nicholson yeah. at the center yep. of it, yeah. who is the most cartoonish it's, villain it's, it's hilarious. you could ever hope to see. <laughs> he didn't mail it in. He gave it to his assistant. <laughs> to to go buy some stamps and mail it in for him. Yeah, no, he is like I almost like I, I don't even remember. Like I kind of block him out of it. To me, it's like a two hander. You know, it's it's Leo and um and Damon, and because like uh-huh. Jack Nicholson is so yeah over the top, but seemingly out of place yeah. in this. I, imagine if they'd given that role to a, a, a an actor of of his generation that just was ready to do it you know who yeah. like um i don't know uh brian cranston or you know somebody mm-hmm. with some you know who gave a shit some subtle chris cooper yes yes, yes. Uh, yeah we i should have mentioned him yeah. in the last thing chris cooper his hit the scenes in the jail yeah oh my god he, the subtlety the and yeah not the um over the top craziness yeah, he cares he cares and yeah. it just i mean come on now it could have been that movie really could have been one of the best movies of all time if if he was not in it if nicholson was not yeah. in. well sorry i i thought well i mean i because i just thought it was funny but the the reason that i <laughs> hey, of course it's hilarious uh was because they do such a good job of running through so many of the boston neighborhoods and you really do oh, get a right. feel for just how shitty some of the neighborhoods are and how the downtown area looks and Chinatown. And so I, I really, you know, I was trying to think of a movie that really did that well. And I, was, I, I assume most people have seen it, but you know, Leo DiCaprio, uh good cop undercover playing bad guy, Matt Damon, bad guy undercover as a cop infiltrating. Uh, and it's just a little spy versus spy cat and mouse. Lots of, lots of shooting. Good female character in this one, though. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The one lady. Uh, talk <laughs> yep. about uh, a contrast in therapy is <laughs> Vera Farmiga as the the therapist <laughs> that uh, Matt Damon dates. And, I mean, she doesn't exactly date Leo. He's her patient. Yep. But she is the most inappropriate <laughs> therapist I have ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's not great. She's not. Well, I don't think she's she's uh, very ethical. I didn't. I didn't say um, she had strong character. I, I just said a strong character. <laughs> yes. I, was, yeah. I mean, a lady. Right. Yeah. Really. She's not a prop. Need. She 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 exists in this world as something. She's something. She's a plot device. I mean, that's for yeah. sure. A couple of things pivot on her existing. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, just just awful, just an awful. And you want her to be the good person, right? You, as the introducer, you think, yeah. oh, she's going to be the moral compass. She's going to be the person who 
gets it now. Now. Nope. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Sorry. Twist. Uh, yeah, but the, the scenery and also it's just a, you know, the, the way the movie is shot and put together. I mean, it's, it's Scorsese. So of course it's, you know, gushing in the, the action and, and settings, uh, some very real, uh, moments. I, I really just don't pay too much attention to when they're going from neighborhood to neighborhood because nothing lines up right in the city. But uh, that's yeah. fine. let's yeah. get to the Seattle uh, road trip. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll have a few things. Are to you say. fucking kidding me? Uh, I'm sorry. He took a kayak from here to there, and she drove how? Oh, uh, because we're at ninety minutes already, I will. Uh, I'll leave it there on the departed. <laughs> Sure. Let's, let's let's sum up just a little bit on these three movies. Yes. What they have in common uh, as a portrait of Boston is as a city that is so strong with its own identity. Yeah. And that identity is loyalty yeah. and sort of scrappiness, uh, pugnaciousness, and I don't know... Uh, men who lady, are ladies unable don't to really matter yes what ladies what come on. <laughs> yeah oh and uh, yeah yeah hillary's just gonna back that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> men who are uh emotionally underdeveloped <laughs> that will will lead into hillary's movie maybe <laughs> yeah, that fuck yeah. with the future of the world um yeah and also Mine is a little bit of an outlier because it does not include a Damon or an Affleck. How dare but you? I know. <laughs> I know. But it has two army hammers. You should double the hammer, double the fun. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So in the, when we were talking about Goodwill Hunting, we were saying, you know, the dichotomy of, of Southie against this sort of Cambridge, Harvard area. Anyway, I've talked about this movie so much that I feel like I don't need to mention it. And it's not all based in Boston, but my favorite Boston-oriented movie, which my husband is mad at me for choosing, is The Social Network. <laughs> um, I I just like the how much it sort of swims in the grossness of like the Harvard-Cambridge society. And it's mm, like yeah. this, you know, kind of fake... I know that Harvard is the best university in the country, but it's sort of this like everybody's positioning themselves to be, you know, the me- the next Bill Gates and well, uh, twenty and, year old boys are gross. Yeah, they're no disgusting. matter whether they're smart or not. I mean, twenty year old <laughs> boys are gross too. But yes, I mean whether whether they go to Harvard or Arizona State, <laughs> yes. they're gross. Yeah, they're gross. And, you know, there's are you smart and gross or are you dumb and gross? Yes. Like, we're all gross. I mean, let's. Come on, Bobby. Were you gross when you were twenty? Uh, am I not still gross now? <laughs> no, I was gonna yeah. say. Does it I, stop? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think it stops. But um, yeah. But I just I love this movie because I mean we've talked about it and it's fucking depressing because it just is like so prescient of what our um, world has become. But I, this is the line I love from this movie that I think just predicts the future. And it says it's when Erica, his girlfriend, Mark Zuckerberg's girlfriend. Uh, is breaking up with him and he kind of doesn't believe it. And she says, you're going to go through life thinking that girls don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, that won't be true. It'll be because you're an asshole. And it's just as like all of these guys have this inferiority slash superiority complex where they think that Mm -hmm. they were treated as nerds. And so they can go around you know, fucking with everybody else because they I mean, they're one step off from incels. Oh, uh, 100%. Mm -hmm. If, If he had not founded this, 
you know, multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar corporation or whatever, like he would be an incel. And like I said previously, I'm going to repeat it. He looks like a thumb now. And <laughs> like I'm always surprised when I see Mark Zuckerberg because I think he looks like Jesse Eisenberg. Like I've just transposed them like as, you mm-hmm. know, they're one person in my head. And no, I mean, I don't think Jesse Eisenberg He is. should be fighting zombies with Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I do kind of feel bad for Jesse Eisenberg because I think that this was the role that both made him and probably destroyed him because... Yeah. He's Mark Zuckerberg now. Like, that's who he is. He it's, totally is. It's not, I can't see him. It's like the McLovin guy. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, McLovin's in another movie. Here like, is. you don't want to turn it down because this is your role, but also. Yeah, all, right. all right. Um. Anyway, I, I, um, it just, I, everything that goes into this, I weirdly find it very comforting. Like how I was saying with Goodwill Hunting, if it's on, I'll watch it and I have bought it on Amazon. Um, so I regularly watch it. <laughs> I, um, the score, um, by Trent Reznor and I always want to say Atticus Finch is Atticus Ross. I have to, <laughs> but that would be a real, a real crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think is it's so simple, but I think it's super effective in this. Um, but yeah, it just tells tells the story of the founding of Facebook and these stupid boys that you know played each other and then ended up kind mm-hmm. of you know shooting each other. But you know they're all rich; it's fine. They're all rich. They these all- these boys who had enormous chips on their shoulder mm-hmm. with no reason yeah. for having a chip, yep. none. <laughs> Like I, I am now just thinking through in my mind an alternate universe where Mark Zuckerberg is posting about how girls won't pay attention to him because they're inferior on his MySpace page. Oh, yeah. Tom is his only friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, it's totally true. Um, I also really love the... I, I like... Even though he has a very, very skinny neck, I really like Andrew Garfield in this. I think he does a really good job as the Eduardo... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's. Oh yeah, I said before he he has a triangle head. <laughs> he does. His forehead's really wide, and then it gets narrow, narrow to a point narrow, at the narrow, bottom. Narrow, narrow, I narrow. think I think what's most appealing about him is his geometry. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, just, yeah, obviously. It's it's like when you draw a Simpsons character, you know, you 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 just start with very simple shapes. It's just there's something very appealing about a guy whose head is a triangle. But yeah, there really isn't. The only I'm trying to think of the women in this. I mean, they're just side pieces. Uh, Dakota. Not Dakota Fanning. Dakota Johnson is in this. Um, she plays the girl that sleeps with Justin Timberlake. And when he finds out oh, about the Facebook, you just forgot about Justin Timberlake. Yeah. You know, I used to think he was really good. And I was like, no, he did a good job. And now when I'm watching it, I'm like, he didn't do He didn't do a good job. He's good at the very end when he's being threatened, but it's he's not great. Um, and then Brenda Song plays that like it's such a cliche. She's like the psycho asian girlfriend um so that's not great um and yeah that's and rashida jones is like a, a associate lawyer and that, that's basically it as far as girls go <laughs> so girls. do y'all think this this uh stop on our road trip is gonna be like the worst for women <laughs> i hope Cause, so because boston like- is also uh notoriously racist and we haven't talked about any black people there weren't any in these movies truly weren't was there a black well there's that cop in the departed yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah anthony anderson oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, how'd that work out right (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) 
Not there was great. that one black guy in that one movie that we talked about. Some of our best actors are black people. <laughs> so depressing. Okay. Yeah, so Seriously, I, I, I don't. The, I don't think there is nary a black person in. I mean, they defend the, their friend in um, the Winkle Vise. Friend is he's not too. black. He's I like mean, Indian, I think, and that is as close as diversity oh. as they get oh oh divya and yeah. he's played by max Minghella, yeah. who is not Indian. i know <laughs> he's just this like lightly tan i have a <laughs> tan friend god it's so beautiful <laughs> i have a there's a woman who is slightly interesting that i yeah. knew once <laughs> slightly <laughs> yeah that so anyway the social network is i mean everybody's seen it founding a facebook how it all started uh and definitely takes the i don't know the grossness of harvard um and maxes it out i think um and there's a whole subplot about how uh you know mark couldn't get into any of the clubs at harvard which i guess you know are like it's like the whatever the skulls you know it's like these secret clubs that you can get into Mm -hmm. and that you know you'll make connections it's better than a frat in that way but he can't get into it so yeah he has the imperial not with that it. name yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry uh, zuckerberg. zuckerberg um anyway i i enjoy it it's it's not a perfect movie but i i enjoy it and i think that it was you know foretelling of what we're gonna what we're dealing with uh so do we want to do we want to get back into why these films make us want to go i mean because on their surface not always the most compelling argument (laughs) Uh, i I don't yeah i don't know that i necessarily even thought about it that way because none of these films make me want to go to boston (laughs) it's just that they're so evocative of boston yes that's the yes so that's i like fenway park and I would like to rob it if I were going to get back into business. <laughs> well, I, I, um, you know, as I'm heading up to Boston on Tuesday, I'm, you know, for a sad event. But I have always, none of these films make me want to go to Boston. Obviously, I mean, there's beautiful architecture and all that, but I don't. They, they don't make me want to go. But I do. There's something so uniquely Bostony, Boston that I like about Boston. Like they, re- like there's, yeah. it is. A very, it is a town that with a, that attracts a lot of people. There's different sides. There's you know a lot of biotech there, and there's a lot going on. But there is such a character there that it. I don't know. I just enjoy it, and I enjoy that I have reasons to go there because <laughs> yeah. it's it just kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Not sure. a, not in a mocking way, just in like this is so charming. It really is <laughs> like this. Can we do a light? Uh, I, and I don't. I do want you to get your honorable mention in because I I don't want to mm-hmm. lose it. Yeah. Um, if you want a movie that um, is not portraying Boston as a town of corrupt cops and vicious robbers or uh, uh, megalomaniacal geniuses jockeying for a social standing, uh, we talked when we did our episode on journalism movies about Spotlight. And I, I think that's worth just mentioning again because the setting of Boston is so central to that movie. I mean, obviously it's this, you know, uncovering of the Boston yeah, priest to swap pedophilia, swap scandal. cops for priests and guns for their, their junk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does anyone survive this area? I mean, I mean really um, uh, guns for penises is a, a really an apt <laughs> comparison, but uh, I, I think it's a great please. movie. <laughs> 
that does portray some true heroes mm-hmm. uh, rather yeah. than making heroes out of villains uh, who deeply care about their city and are making things better or doing their part to make things better. So I think that's, you know, I have watched Spotlight probably four times now, including once on a plane. And it's not like it's a super uplifting, <laughs> feel-good You watched flick. Spotlight on a plane? <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm that was the second in time. my own tears. No, <laughs> that's the second time I watched it, so I knew it was coming. But, you know, at the end, at the very end, they put up those cards where they list all the different cities uh, yeah. where they started investigations in, into um, child abuse by priests uh, in the Catholic Church. And, and, you know, they put up w- one screen full of cities and then another one and then another one and another one. And this by this part, I am just sobbing. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. But something happened there yeah. because it was awful. Yeah. But, you know, we shone a light under that particular disgusting rock and are trying to make that better. So I think that's a great movie. When I watched it with Dave... I was just like, I can't even imagine that there are that many priests that were caught, you know, and that mm. means that they're obviously a way. I mean, the a population of priests in that area is astounding. And the percentage that, you know, were found out, it's just as it's my father-in-law died and he was a, you know, a, he was a cat, a proud Catholic, so I will not harp on it. But I do think that <laughs> it is an institution that legitimized pedophilia well, within it so much for a uh, lightning round on <laughs> films films that make us want to stay away from boston yeah. uh <laughs> fever pitch yeah fever pitch fair i love i mean i, I want to go to fenway Jimmy park Fallon, so yeah. right? <laughs> but that that movie made me not want to go and that was amazing yeah i love i would love i mean bobby you drove me around there and i was like oh man look fenway park yeah awesome yeah awesome, awesome. Um, but then I watch Fever Pitch and I'm like, eh, that's all right. You, you know, I'll, I'll sell my tickets. On, yeah. Not if that guy's going to be there. Yeah. You know, yeah. StubHub. F- Fenway yeah. Park, the kind of park that's worth taking the, uh, like the non game day behind the scenes tour. You know, it's, it's not like going to guaranteed rate oh, field yeah. in South side of Chicago or something. It's, you know, it's a real well, ballpark. That, that's one of the reasons that I really like, uh, the town is because I worked at, at, uh, Safeco field for about four or five years. And so I know all the guts of the stadium. And mm-hmm. so the whole shootout at the end, I was like, oh, oh, oh no, you got to get out. The- no, no, that's the wrong garage. You know, like- <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, fever pitch. No, thank you. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't want to go to Boston anymore. <laughs> I nominated uh, a movie that I only saw part of in passing, I think, on TV as we were flipping channels, which is a Ryan Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges project called RIPD, the rest in peace department. Oh Oh, yeah. Cops who are ghosts. Oh God. No. (laughs) Was that supposed to be like a men in black ripoff? What was the, I think so. Yeah. It's like, uh, that was the impression I got when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, this, the Ryan Reynolds version of Boston is not the Boston I want to live in. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, Ryan Reynolds takes a lot of swings. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to He's, put it. Yeah. He certainly does. And and frankly, I set a pretty low bar for Ryan Reynolds oh. for obvious reasons. He does some great reasons. stuff. I, yeah. I can, I can definitely be convinced to watch Ryan Reynolds for 90 minutes, yeah. but I said, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was... Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Uh, if, if it's up to me, I'll take the pizza place over... Ryan Reynolds and uh, I can't even remember who the other <laughs> actors were. Trailer Howard, I think, or Trailer uh-huh. something. I don't remember the guy. Nathan Fillion was yeah. on it, I know, but he wasn't one of the two guys. It was a little short guy. Who was the girl? Trailer something. Howard. Yeah. 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 Oh, her Cute name blonde. was Trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's an unfortunate <laughs> name. Well, I, you have to stay slim, you know. <laughs> We really got to wrap this up because now yeah. that you've mentioned him, I've got a I've got a castle marathon to get to. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <Jesus>. Sorry. <laughs> Hillary, you had a... You had a oh, castle. this is just a quick one. Castle? I actually, Come on, no. Castle's not a bad show. Um, I think that this movie is actually really funny, and this is just sort of an honorable mention. It also does not make me want to go there, but The Heat is a funny movie. I watched it the other day again. I enjoyed it. Got some laughs from it. There's some. Oh, I thought it was heat. No, not the no, heat. No. I was gonna be like, yeah, I like Val Kilmer in that movie, but what? No, what is the heat? He was not in the heat. No, it's it's with Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock, um, and oh. they're like trying to stop crying. But there's a part with her, like when they go to Melissa McCarthy's like family's house, that is like a perfect encapsulation of um, a Boston. Irish Catholic family. It is very enjoyable to me. It's like I need to see that. Yeah, I love, it's, it's I love good. both those people. Um, the what's his name? The littlest jo- Joe McIntyre is one of her brothers, and he's actually like does a really good job. It's, it's <laughs> the littlest new kid, <laughs> and he's probably like fifty now. The tiny new kid, <laughs> right? He's a grandfather. Yep. All right, people. What makes you think most of Boston in the movies? Yep. As Bobby says, we got to wrap this up. I know. Uh, we'll please. Well, on the Facebook what's, page. what's the hurry, Bobby? I mean, have we ever had a complaint that our show was like too long? I don't want it to fail. We're not recording this again. Right. <laughs> oh, done. that's. Oh, yeah. And I also that's have a, I have a seven hour this. drive after this to go home. So. Um, okay. Let's get into Chi Chi Recommends. Um, I have just one quick recommendation and one like recommendation slash non recommendation. Well, actually, my my first recommendation is not and it is not a recommendation. How many times can I say that? I'm it so is confused. Actually, it is actually a, I'm seconding Anne's recommendation from last week. Oh, she, of somebody she said recommendation. <laughs> somebody feed Phil. It is delightful. It makes me starving, and it's lovely and just like a peaceful. Anne was totally right. He's like. The you know New Yorker Jew that you want to be with all the time. He just seems so kind and so dorkily excited by everything. It's lovely. Yep. Totally interested in meeting new people yes. and learning about their lives and their culture. And I said last week, black socks and black <laughs> tennis shoes wearing. Totally. Yes. And, and shorts. He'll wear like khaki shorts and his black <laughs> socks and, and tennis shoes. man is probably, you know... A, hundred millionaire you know he has so much money but he is not affected by that in the least it doesn't seem and everybody around him seems delighted by him um and he's not condescendingly like oh hi you know native people to the land that i'm visiting like he's genuinely moved and excited by it um and he has a way of like deadpanning at the camera (laughs) that is so funny 
Yeah. And he doesn't like love everything. Like he, he ate something that he was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't like this, but it was, but not in a cruel way. Um, it's just, it's really enjoyable. I, I had to watch that after I, um, mainlined two seasons of selling sunset, which is pure trash. (laughs) Oh, Pure trash. It is so bad. And you know, I am a, I am a staunch defender of Los Angeles. I see the good parts of it. There are cool. It's an interesting city. This is all of the worst parts of Los Angeles. And I obviously know it's mostly fake. It's made by the people that made the Hills. So it's filmed in that way. There is a plot, mm-hmm. but like loosely. I'm like, right. So when we say reality <laughs> in heavy air quotes. Yes. Reality. It is terrible. But yet I finished it in two days and like was staying up until one to watch what was going to happen with like Chriselle and Christine. <laughs> Chriselle. <laughs> yes. Chriselle, who was married to Justin Hartley from This Is Us, but then they got divorced. Oh, and that's in us an arrow and passion. I know. And they they're going to. In the next season or the second half of the second season, which it comes out in August, um, <laughs> they're going to, they got divorced. Like he like sprung it on her. Like I'm divorcing you now. Mm. So I'm, I'm like speaking of a tall drink of water. Oh, he is very cute. Um, and he is decidedly not featured on the show. Like she'll say Justin, but she like, I think he was like, oh no, thank you. I'm, I am not going to be a part of this. Um, but yeah, the guys that own this reality, the, they are real estate agents and the guys that own this, Oppenheim group they're these two short guys who think they're hot shit these two twins that think they're hot shit and that's every fucking guy in Los Angeles who you know they're like five two and bald but they think they should like only hire hot girls and only get hot girls Ugh, I hate it anyway uh don't watch it or if you do talk to me about it because I needed to discuss it with somebody um but yeah those are my recommendations um our shameless Amazon plug of the week is uh, Alyssa's coloring book, which is uh, is Alyssa a listener? I'm pretty sure, sure she is, or she's loosely in the group. She has been just, a listener. Yeah, just I know say that for she sure. is, because if she's not, she won't correct us. I know you're a listener, Alyssa. Sorry, you're a listener now. Um, she made a coloring book, and it looks really cool. I'm so not crafty, but I'm like intrigued by coloring books because it's just people telling me what to do. Um, like the, she's a great artist. Yeah. I, her work is is great, yeah. and now she's got this coloring book that came out very cool. And I'm always impressed with um, people's creativity. No, it's it's really mostly mosaic, a coloring book menagerie. Looks pretty cool to me. So we'll put it in the uh, show, and y'all go get it. Support our girl. All right. Housekeeping. Hello. Sanitize. This uh, is Boston, Mike. <laughs> Got to do it in the Boston accent. Well, are, are the I, I would doubt that the maids there. I mean, if they were, what would, what would a a real Southie maid uh, pounding on the door? You know, would they have a battering ram? You know, <laughs> it's an investigation. Shake a leg and zip it up. We're coming in. <laughs> right, Fuck right, you! Right. Get out of here. I think Hillary finally right. found it. <laughs> Wakey, wakey, hands off, snakey. <laughs> All right, um, buy stuff from us. Uh, we have uh, merch at thisshowhaseverything.com and uh, click the shop button there. Um, please rate and review us on whatever goddamn platform that you uh, get podcasts on. I have so many of these platforms now because some shows download well on some, some on. I mean, I need. To have one of those stupid threads where everyone gives their 
their opinion on whatever overcast, downcast, fuckcast, whatever it is. I don't know. Fuckcast. It's, I think I, Gab I, Grabber was the one you came up with that I like the best. I need one Gab Grabber to rule them all. Let's face it. Just, um, if we didn't already have a, a golden show title, <laughs> one Gab Grabber to rule them all could really... Look, we're going to get in jams, so add an Amazon link uh, on your home screen to uh, help us out. Um, that, that's all I have to say about that. Um, other than that, like we're going to go somewhere next week, and we're going to hurt some people, and you can't uh, ask me why, and you can't ask me who they are. All you have to ask me is, who's, who's Kyle we taking? <laughs> My favorite line. I was line like, "Oh my song. god, where are you going with this? <laughs> Whose car are we taking?" I just yeah, I, I, taken. I forgot to I forgot to mention it during the during the film segment, but but that that is the Jeremy Renner fucking encapsulation. That's his whole career right there. Was he's relaxing in his home and he just says, "Whose car are we taking?" And if if you'd like to ride in the car with us. You can get yeah. involved, but remember, you can never ask us any questions about it. No, uh, this this show has everything. Except for who's taken. You can ask exactly. That. Uh, comments to us your thoughts. Throwyourphone.com for um, cheers and jeers. TM, yeah. uh, happy to have them there. <laughs> I love a little. TV Guide uh, reference. Oh, I used to flip so, so quickly to the tears, the the jeers. I was like, "What are they going to put a thumbs down yeah. to?" Of course, you went to the jeers. Come Ooh. join us over at the Facebook group. Yeah. We will have that thread up there about uh, Boston movies. Also, you can talk about you know why Jeremy Renner scares you quite as much as he scares us. The show Twitter is at Tishi Show. You can email us longer things at Tishi at ten seven ten dot com. Send us a voice memo. Hey. Remember the Shark Tank show? We talked about that two hours ago, so it's no wonder. <laughs> Wait, you what, what happened? It. That was two Shark Tanks ago. <laughs> <laughs> two Shark Tanks with commercials. Uh, if you have an idea that you would like to present to our very own T She Shark uh, Week, Shark Week, Shark Tank panel, uh, we uh, would love for you to submit it however you feel comfortable doing that. If you want to come in and pitch in person, that'd be great. If you just want to submit something for Mike as your advocate, that would be great too. Any of the ways will work, even faxing Bobby your pitch at 617-354-8513. Like might be hard to read yeah. if you send a picture. I'm going to fax we'll him do our my best. pitch right after the show. I'm just going to fax him. Uh, guys, we did it. <laughs> we did. A shorter show than the one we lost. It, it's uh, shorter? Really? Well, you know, we were winding down the movie talk uh, at right. an hour and 55 yeah. minutes when we lost it. So I choose to believe that this yeah. is by, by my count, uh, by the time we get through whatever Dropkick Murphy's monstrosity ends this episode, we'll be at two hours. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the road trip yep. with us, guys. Uh, you don't have to ride on the top of the Sienna like Jeremy <laughs> does. We are very happy to have you in the passenger compartment. Yeah, yeah. And until next week, uh, that was everything about Boston movies. Yep. yep. Mm. It's been more than a feeling. We did it. <laughs>
Furthermore. May I offer a defense? No, I'm not finished yet. Okay, sorry. 